It's the story of two lovely pochas who were brought up in a very complex world. One has skin just like Coco, brown and pretty. The other one's got curls. Till the one day that these pochas got together, they started talking about their pocha strife. They decided that they would start a podcast so we could hear about the pocha life, the pocha life, the pocha life. So we could hear all about the pocha life. Welcome to the pocha life, the pocha podcast at the intersection of brown and proud and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is episodio 14 and we are in may of 2020 i have to remind myself of the date i don't know if you have to do this charlene because we've lost all concept of time true story it's like a casino it is except we're not getting as much oxygen we're just having to deal with timelessness (laughs) and nobody's bringing me free drinks either oh man i'm gonna have to speak to my waiter Executive producer, can I get another drink? <laughs> As I get slapped. <laughs> you have to be putting money on the table actively to get a free drink. True. So this is the Pocha Podcast, and this is, I was almost going to say April again. This is the Pocha Podcast, and this is May. And you know what happens in May? Cinco de Mayo? Well, Normally, yes. This time last year, our discussion was about Cinco de Mayo and the Mm -hmm. appropriation by white society while they were in the middle of constructing a wall. And yeah, Mm -hmm. but this year, our Cinco de Mayo celebration is going to be put on hold. Instead of celebrating Cinco de Mayo, we're basically celebrating the decade de nada in may because that's what just what's happening yeah i want the 11th of marpril exactly exactly (laughs) so we have you know and here's the thing there's i've seen some memes online about what are people gonna do when we can't celebrate the fourth of july it's like bitch what are we gonna do we can't celebrate the cinco de mayo like that's that's a big deal and we just can't now (laughs) we can't yeah i'm not worried about celebrating fourth of july when i can't even go to my mom's house like I'm there are other things that I'm a little bit more worried about than fucking listening to that Lee Greenwood song and <laughs> watching some people on, blow their fingers up on repeat on <laughs> repeat all day <laughs> or yeah no not do no. you think even okay. he is sick of the song on repeat is he alive <laughs> <laughs> I would I presume I don't know, 100%, but... Exactly. Okay, well... That's how how worried we are about that. uh, All right, so we are in May. What we do in May is celebrate Las Mamas. So Mm. this May 2020, in our focus, we're going to be talking about some momage up in this hizzy. And Mm. we're also going to be talking a little bit about where we get our information from and verifying the information because we have more access to it now. And, of course, we're going to have a que hay de nuevo. Our que hay de nuevo uh, this time around, Charlene, is? On my block. So, spoiler alert, if you have not watched the three seasons that are currently available, um, we'll give you a warning before we start that segment. But you, you probably want to skip it, because we might be giving away some things. Ooh. Um, I think you're further along in the show, but... I watched we watched enough of it that it we've we've got we've got a good perspective on it and I can't wait to see more quite frankly I can't wait to get caught up to all of them and binge the rest of it but mm-hmm. before we can get into our que hay de nuevo let's get into our que hay de a little bit vieja which might be some moms <laughs> up in the house <laughs> I did not it was lovingly hello mom in El Paso we could talk about moms for the entire freaking week how hard they work how much they sacrifice um all of you know they just they do so much for us and people who identify as moms because you did you did share with um our friend group this advertisement that had the m in parentheses 
and then other advertisement like you're 85 years old (laughs) (laughs) haven't we determined that occasionally i have the vocabulary of uh an old old man (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. just wanted to point that out keep going so we just want to make sure we just we want to make sure that in may we we recognize that there are people who take that role who don't necessarily have the gen the cisgender or uh, otherwise identification so when we say mother we're being inclusive in our our hearts and our minds at least i am i don't want to speak for you charlene well, and I interrupted you rudely, but you were talking about the ad for Lush Cosmetics, and they're using this really amazing um, campaign. And in Mother, the M is in, I don't know, they're not parentheses. What are those? They, they are parentheses. Oh, are um, they? Yeah. Sure, not, we'll say that. Okay. Uh, in parentheses. That, the M is in parentheses, and then it says other. So it's like other is encapsulated in mother so however you identify as a mother um whether it matches your gender whether it doesn't match your societally given gender or what society thinks a mother should look like or i read it even as like maybe i didn't birth this child but they're mine or just whatever however you are a mama it it encapsulates that and i loved it loved it and you know that advertisement would have totally missed my purview or my feed or my anything because it's cosmetics. So I'm glad that you brought it right. to my attention. Um, yeah. So for you, um, a couple questions. Okay. What does the momhood mean to you now that you are a mom? And then now how does that change what you see with your mom? Like how you view your mom? Ooh. Oh, those are good questions. You should interview people more. Um, yeah, what it means for me to be a mom. So I waited, I was pretty old when I had my daughter. I was 36. Piffle, not old. Well, I fit in the geriatric (laughs) pregnancy category or whatever the fuck they call that. Fair. I was high risk because I was old ass and all that, which really just falls into all the fucking stereotypes that we talk about for women. You can't be too young because then you're too young, but then you get past 35, which is barely when you start knowing how to wipe your own ass right, and they're like, you're geriatric. You can't win. You cannot fucking win. So anyway, I, for a very long time, did not think I would have children. Like, that wasn't a, a goal of mine. I wasn't one of those little girls who aspired to be a mom. That was not my thing. Um, and I was in a, long, a long-term relationship that was that – was, shitty uh and didn't end well and and in that life I could not have seen myself as a mom plus there was a lot of other things going on my my mental health was not stable I was I was in a different place but then I meet my my real husband not the practice one and it's (laughs) like oh shit this guy's such a good dad and I did all of that like instinct kind of came to me like maybe I should try this out um, and then I took a really bad fall at roller derby. Um, I don't even know. We were at practice. It was just practice. But I landed so hard on my hip bone that I could barely walk for a little bit. And uh, it kept hurting. And anyways, I ended up at, at the doctor. And they were like, yeah, this seems like an ovary. Like, you probably have a sister your ovary. Anyways, long fucking story short, at the end of that surgery, I come out of recovery. And the doctor's like, oh, everything went fine. We did blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way you can't get pregnant it's like what the fuck first of all I was like that was not the primary reason why we even went in um and then a month later at a roller derby tournament um I found out I was pregnant and my best friend seriously she was like you're such a stubborn ass that even your uterus was like fuck you (laughs) yes I can have babies that's so true (laughs) So, yeah, I didn't think I would be a mom. And it changed a lot, honestly. It changed how I view the world. I cry a whole lot more. Like, everything makes me cry. Um, yeah. Changed Motherhood changed, like opened up your eye ducts? Bad. Yeah, Bad. I used to be the black hole. Like, fuck everything. I don't care. That's stupid. Nothing makes me cry. But now, 
a commercial and I'm bawling like why don't they just love that one weird Eminem like why can't his <laughs> friends just love him like fuck. it's not okay uh what about you how, wait wait how wait, wait hold on mo- though wait hold on though the second part though did this change uh, how you viewed your mom oh my god yes yes in so many ways without I mean a thousand percent I think her, her, and my dad were together for a little over twenty years, and then they got a divorce. Which, like, yapake, right? At the time, <laughs> is what I was thinking. <laughs> but no, they both they both have amazing partners right now that they've been with for like twenty years, and they're they're all wonderful. We have an amazing family, and everybody's supportive of the others, and it's all good. But damn, sometimes when I'm in it with my own kid, I'm like, no wonder my mom slap the shit out of me because oh my god uh I just you know and I remember my mom was in school at one point with both of me and my sister she was getting her master's degree and I remember being on vacation and my mom would lock herself in the bathroom with a book to study and I I remember thinking like damn okay how come you don't even want to play with that and now I think I totally get it um I think that's the summary of all of it is just I get it tough it is this this parenting thing is sometimes I look at it and I'm like oh it doesn't matter what I'm gonna do they're gonna end up going to therapy anyway there's no right answer (laughs) (laughs) but that's really not that's really not the end if there's any one piece of advice I could give do not do that as a parent right try your best anyway regardless so I uh, again like you I never thought I was going to be a parent for a lot of different reasons, like it would take a miracle for me to be a parent <laughs> unless I absolutely wanted to. Like I'd have to go out of my way right. to get pregnant, sure. right? So I I had one, uh, I had a partner before who did want to have a child down the road. That relationship obviously didn't work out. And um, literally I, I like tripped and landed into Hani and... <laughs> our executive producer (laughs) and you know it was like just add water and there was already kids it was like a a pre-made family yeah right undo the saran wrap they were all there in a nice package um and I've now been in their lives for almost half of their lives for for two of them and well so you know I've been in their lives long enough that you know I'm just around and um so yeah I didn't think I was going to be a, ki- a parent and I didn't think I was ever going to have kids and now the struggle is real the struggle is real but for a lot of now you have 52 kids uh, f- for a lot of different a uh, lot of different reasons so my I don't I wouldn't say in general there are some parents who are born to be parents but it seemed like if that was true that would be my mom she was mm-hmm. like a born parent it mm-hmm. comes easy to her to love and be nurturing and supportive and understanding and well, all of the things. did you she wanted to have like 10 kids? She did want to have a lot of kids. She ended up with three. Yeah. Biological. Yeah. With the second marriage, she ended up with more, which is, you mm-hmm. know, more her style. And she happened to be in a situation where as the third oldest of her millions of siblings, she helped raise and was a parent to some of her Mm -hmm. siblings for you know a couple one sibling in particular for a very tragic reason that she had to basically raise the youngest Mm -hmm. and so she was just natural born parent I am not and I I, my struggle (laughs) the struggle is real is to try my damnedest not to be the kind of parent my father was Uh, yeah I and that was just that's hard there are some yeah. things that, you know, when I left the house, I was like, not going to be this individual. And mm-hmm. for the record, he's, he's a, he was a great, he's, he's passed on now. He was a great individual, a great friend. There were some flaws in his character that, you know, happens with the best of us, right? So, yeah. So my biggest difficulty in parenting and mad props to the parents who do mother, other, or you know otherwise or even some who are pulling double duty this shit's tough man this shit mm-hmm. is tough there are some times that they try my patience and i'm really like don't lose your shit over the small stuff yo because it's just small stuff 
It's hard. And then sometimes you're losing your own shit over small stuff. Exactly. I think <laughs> I think I find myself more often than not losing my shit over the small <laughs> stuff than anything. And they're like, uh, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I don't know if this ever happened to you, but or happens to you and your family, but when our family gets together and the, cl- the chickens or the hens start to cluck together, they gather around and they have their like little cafecito with Kalua. The conversation sometimes goes into mom mode, like, do you remember when this one was born or when that one was born? And I would listen to stories about childbirth from the okay. time that I was young. And I was yes. like, what is wrong with you people? Yes. Why do you voluntarily Let do me this tell shit? You. Let me tell you that I was not a person who pregnancy scared the fuck out of me. I would not even... I literally could not even look at pregnant people because it would terrify me to think about all the things that could happen and go wrong and all the things that had to happen, even if shit went right. And it's just so much to think about. So yeah, pregnancy was a trip for me. I was totally not one of those people walking around rubbing my belly. Like, I hope all of your good energy enters my uterus and this child enters the world. No, I was like, this fucking parasite is a trip. <laughs> like, I don't, she's sucking all the life out of me, literally. I don't know how this is. And then, and then it's like a roller coaster. Like, by the time you realize this was a stupid ass idea, you're at the <laughs> top and there's only one way off. That's basically what happened. Like, there's only one fucking way out of this. And, you know, I, I, I love her to death. One of my favorite 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 pictures in the whole world and this is not even a picture i share with the public <laughs> the public like i'm all famous <laughs> mira la famosa yeah but i don't even share it with even friends because i had a friend who's a nurse and she's amazing who was in the delivery room when i had to have an emergency c-section and she took a picture of literally the second i saw my daughter and it is so like, it just takes me to this emotional place that's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but it's a trip. Yeah, it, it's it's a trip. But then I really, because before that, I was like, why do people always got to be talking about their childbirth? Nobody wants exactly. to hear that shit. Okay, but then it happened to me. And now I'm, I join the fucking conversations. Because it's like if you got in a horrific car accident, you'd be like, yo, let me tell you about this fucked up ass car accident I was in. <laughs> That's what it's like, because you want to tell people that you are literally a walking miracle because you survived this fucked up shit. And then people are like, oh, my God, listen, to what happened to me? And it's 10 times worse. And you're just like, God, damn it. it's crazy. It is. And it's I still it still happens. And I'm so since I can't since I, can, I don't have a story of my own, so I can't really relate. I'm sitting there torturing myself by like. So then what was it like? Did everything go back to normal? Like, what happened? And for for those who have had cesareans, like, do you still have the scar? Can we see it? Do you feel it? Do you ever get feelings there? I'm curious about it, but I'm not curious enough to want to go through with this insanity. Oh, no. No, oh my God. Can, no, people can tell you stories. You don't need that. I think maybe I was scarred when I was a kid. Here's why. So my mom grew up in a time frame where you didn't talk about sex. You didn't have sex ed. You learned about it the night you got married and, or, um, you, you know, unless you're on the rancho and then you, you see how the animals have babies and whatnot, right? So sex ed wasn't a thing for her. And she did not want my siblings and I to go through that mm-hmm. and be embarrassed or anything like that. There is a three-year difference between my next older biological sibling and I, my sister, And when my sister, she must have asked about babies, my mom sat us both down, drew pictures, and I could not differentiate in my head that the male organ (laughs) urinates but also ejaculates in order for you to have a child. Not urinates and ejaculates for you to have a child. Let's separate that. But in my head, I was like, they have to pee in you? That was my thought oh, yeah. for the longest mm-hmm. time. I just could not mm-hmm. for the life of me, like, why would you want pee in you? I don't understand. This does not make sense to me. And how does that There's urine? entire websites about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> scarred me for life. And, just, and yeah, no. That didn't make me gay. Ha- However, 
that may have pointed me in the direction, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a contributing factor, but possibly. I So I have a stepson, right? And he was probably eight, I think, when I had our daughter. And he knew he had been born by a C-section. And he has a brother um, at his mom's house who was also born by cesarean. And so he, I mean, you know, that's how kids, like you said, that's just what you think when you hear certain pieces of conversations and that's where your, the, the scope of your knowledge is at the time. So we went out to eat. I will never forget. We went out to eat and we were talking about when she was going to be born and all this stuff. And he's like, well, when is she going to be born? Or like, well, I said, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll just see what happens and see when I go into labor. And he was like, well, don't you just make an appointment? And without thinking, his dad goes, well, no, buddy, that's not how all babies are born. Like all babies aren't born by C-section. And the minute he stopped talking, I was like, oh, here we go. And sure enough, not even a second passed. And he's like, well, where else would they come from? Oh, here we go. I was like, I'm out. Out. I should have sent my mom not... over. Draw him a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Senora. Oh, but it do, you know what? It does make me think about and thinking about my mom being a parent and all that when I was pregnant. Because we're Latinos, right? Like every everything isn't with abounding joy. She was like very happy and so excited and in love with the idea of being a grandma but also like vas a ver <laughs> everything has to come with some kind of pain and torture right i think i think you probably uh, gave your mom more canas than i gave my mom well as a teenager for sure so when when i was confessionals with my mom when i got older i would tell her oh these are some of the things that i did living in your house that I got away with that you either never noticed or you just didn't call my shit out on it. Like you didn't, ju you just <laughs> let it slide. One of the confessionals was that I used to take the liquor that was under the sink that, cause they didn't have a liquor cabinet. They just had like, it was under the sink and, um, in high school and would sh we would go out and I would share it with my friends. And looking back on it, I thought I was a badass doing this. <laughs> But in order for you to be a badass, I think you have to steal something that's not either MD-2020 or Manischewitz wine. <laughs> Manischewitz wine. Because that's not badass behavior. That's like, meh, you tried, I guess. Yeah. Mm, so what, you know, when I'm, maybe that's why my mom let me slide. She's looking, she's like, she looks under the sink. Oh, she only took this Manischewitz. It's fine. What's going to happen? She's going to turn Jewish. <laughs> it's okay. Happen? But I have a ton of respect for my mom as an adult. I know you do too. We love our mamas. Um, I hope that as adults, my own kids will still like me and want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. It's, it really is different for a step-parent than it is a bio-parent. Like, yes. bio-parent, I... I not in a generalization, but for the most part, it's unconditional love. With a step parent, you're like, Meh. <laughs> yeah, you're under Do a government contract. You're under a government contract, really, anyway, because that's all a marriage certificate is. So, Meh. Meh. we'll see how it goes. I'll talk to you in forty years. We'll see if we're still <laughs> we're still okay. And there's well, in some cases, there's this other person attached too. It's not just the kid kids it's their biological other that may or may not be in the picture or may come in and out of the picture or may whatever but if you're jealous which i'm not saying i am but fuck that for like the first year of our, of our relationship i was like oh hell no at one point seriously he told me i kept i kept we kept driving by this house that there was this badass like 80s model monte carlo in the front yard Ooh. and i would be like that car mm -hmm, like that's mm -hmm. one of my dream cars I want that car and one day he finally said I don't like that car and he's a car guy you know this he's a car guy he, oh, there's yes. not a car he doesn't like 
So I'm like, you don't like that car? He's like, no, it reminds me of you and your ex-husband. I was like, you know what reminds me of your ex-wife? When she's at our fucking house every week. That's what reminds me of your ex-wife. <laughs> so we had to get uh we had to get through that. We're good now. We're good. Oh my god, I'll check in with you in a few weeks. <laughs> I'll remind you of that when I get a text. Hey, you know what? That jealousy is real. That mm-hmm. at least for me. Again, not making any generalizations. Yes, I am. But <laughs> there's there can be some jealousy in there. Like, I can outparent you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can out-asshole someone, too. That doesn't make me a better anybody. Eh. Well, yeah. And out-gift and out-cook and out-all the things. It, mm-hmm. it, you can get wrapped up in that shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. But mad it's props tough. to our moms in your month. Um, by the time my mom listens to this, she'll probably already f- have figured out that I went to El Paso to drop off some books for her in the time of COVID. Happy Aww. Mother's Day. <laughs> We've been thinking about what yeah. to do. Are you going to do anything for your mom this year? I definitely got her some gifts already. I ordered some stuff a little bit early just because delivery has been a little bit crazy and I wanted to make sure I had, uh, I had what she wanted. Um, I got her some gift certificates to a local coffee shop, to Nessa's, because she goes there. Woo-hoo. Yeah. She goes there every weekend because they make gluten-free stuff, and my mom has been gluten-free for a few years now. So um, got her some stuff there. So I don't know. I, I mean, it, we're not going to do, like, the barbecue whole familia get-together thing. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I um I potentially got she's not gonna she's not gonna get hers obviously for a week, but I potentially got the executive producer a weapon that could be used against me. So I, I'm gonna have I don't know if that was a curse or a smart thing. We'll see if well, that pan if that pans out for me. Tr- <laughs> Is that I- how you're keeping yourself accountable as a good partner? <laughs> yes, because I could possibly get a chingasso later. There you go. I like it. So you are listening to the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And Charlene, nowadays we are so freaking inundated with all this kinds of information. Mm. But we are so lucky that we have Los Googles, Google, to be able to look up shit, right? And we have Mm -hmm. Wikipedia and even shows have their own like wiki section so like there's a a Battlestar Galactica wiki or there's like a Selena wiki all of these things right so we have it easy Mm -hmm. it's almost webones now we could just look it up Mm -hmm. super easy on our phone yeah this wasn't always the case no you actually had to think about things and figure it out now it's just like you the yeah my son immediately goes to his phone and flojero doesn't even type in the question he siri what is the number of bones in a giraffe's neck like (laughs) there's not even typing you don't have to think about anything for even a second because you're like oh i I can find the information immediately how did Mm -hmm. we used to how did that that confounds me when i look back on it how we used to have to i don't know about you we had an encyclopedia set at the house. I think someone came by and like hoodwinked my parents <laughs> because, you know, the moment that he sold it, the information was old because they were coming out with a new set. But sure. we had an encyclopedia set. And so yeah, I, do remember, I do remember having to go to the encyclopedia like, you don't know how a bridge is made? Go look it up. And there was. Exactly. What's a kiwi? Oh, let me look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to know how to spell the fucking thing. It's not like Google now is like, did you mean kiwi, not kiwi? Not keke. Right? No, it's true. Yeah, there was a different level. Well, and, you know, what did you do? You would, like, bah, I don't know. And then at three in the morning, you would wake up like, oh, it was Danny Glover. Like, whatever question you were trying to think of in that moment. And then, like, se pasó el momento. You're done. That makes that makes us think about all of the ways that people had to verify information. Like sometimes they would play phone tree. I don't know about your mom, but my mom would spend some time on that phone. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with the Hours. cord wrapped yep. around the room, the door closed on the wire. Mm-hmm. I'd pull on the cord until I eventually found where she was at. 
And then <laughs> my my annoying ass, mom, 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 <laughs> Letty, what? <laughs> Letty, that's what she said. Where, what? Yeah. Where did I leave my shoe? Hours. Yeah, everything's an emergency the minute mom gets on the phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You haven't needed shit in the last two hours. <laughs> and now I'm on the phone for literally three seconds. And all of a sudden, mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> you just fucking ate like a box of Cheez-Its. You're not hungry. Jesus. We were on a Zoom meeting <laughs> last Friday. <laughs> And Special K went into the kitchen like three times and was opening oh, yeah. up the cabinets to see mm-hmm. what was there to eat. And I couldn't tell if you were ignoring her, like you saw it and you were ignoring her, or if like you didn't know. And I was like, should I let her know she'd be eating again or just, nah, I'll just let it slide. She's in that damn cabinet like every 14 seconds. Like if, first of all, like if new shit's going to appear from the last time she was there. <laughs> It's not. It's the same fucking crackers you just saw that you didn't want because they're gross or they're too crunchy or too dry or whatever the hell excuse you had. I wasn't going to tell on her because I knew that's what I do. But yeah, mom, I remember clearly mom in the kitchen making something phone and me bugging her. And then when we Mm -hmm. finally got a cordless phone, she could hide. (laughs) She was really playing hide and go seek because she's like, now she can't legit find me by the cord. Like she Mm -hmm. can't track down the cord to find me so I can be anywhere in the basement or in the upstairs and it'll take her a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you remember getting in trouble when you wouldn't put it back on the hook and then it wouldn't charge? Oh, hell. (laughs) We used to get in so much trouble. My mom would be like, hi. Uh Aha, Licha, que pasa? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it would start going like beep. Like, telling you the battery was going to die. <laughs> she would start chasing us, like, who was using it? And then there was a mute, right? So you could just hear, like, who was using the phone? Who was it? Like, all muffled. <laughs> who didn't hang it up? Huh? Who? You were talking to your friends. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. So true. <laughs> that was mute back in the day. <laughs> right? Put it up, like, mm. the, right up against your shirt. <laughs> Uh, but the that, person on the other end here's the charlie brown teacher <laughs> <laughs> no but then they knew what was going on because you know that your mom heard that on their phone too oh yeah then andele i'll call you back okay oh <laughs> and depending on how she, how she said i'll call you back is you knew the level of in, intense screaming or yelling you'd get at from her like how mad she was Oh, yeah. I, you, and the person on the other end knows either you're going to go beat your kid's ass right now. Like, that's what I'm waiting for you for you to finish beating your kid's ass. <laughs> or you're going to go charge the phone and, like, go do some shots in the back room or something. <laughs> I don't know. But there's a tone difference. But, but that was one way that our parents did verify or get the news. Like, hey, did you watch on this? Or, hey. But mm-hmm. One thing that we did have in our house, and I will credit my father for this. These things that, like, you would get daily, and, you know, you would open up and feel a crinkle of it. I believe they're called newspapers. I don't <laughs> think that anyone knows what they are anymore. But he, his credit, he would get the, the newspaper every day, and he would do the crossword puzzle every day on that fucker. Oh, I love that. And we used to watch, um, yes, there was the basic three, ABC, NBC, CBS, we watched mm-hmm. PBS McNeil Lara News Hour every night. <laughs> Damn. That's how intense our news watching was in our house. But then that made me the policy wonk and the Right? You know, oh, the Matiche and all so that. Much. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But people don't use the use the newspaper anymore. And, you know, again with being able to get online and look for things. But then there's that there's that aspect, right? Of what do you trust and what do you not trust? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one thing where it's a meme and you're like, ah, probably not true. But then there's like a, a something, you know, a, a headline and the link that takes you here. And it it's written in a way that could quite possibly, you know, be real. But it's really that flunky from high school who just like he's just writing shit to write shit or she's just writing shit to write shit. And it's not verified. Well, it used to be funny when like the onion was yeah. just a joke. And now you're like, wait, is this? 
is this the onion or is this real life right now? You can't even tell anymore. Right. So how do you do it? What do you do? Um, I think there are certain sources that I trust more than others. Um, if it's coming off of, you know, if it's coming off of NPR, I'm probably going to go like, oh, yeah, that, you know, I'm, I'm probably not as likely to double check it unless someone gives me conflicting information. But I'm not going to necessarily seek it out. Now, if I catch a link to something on social somewhere or if a friend shares something and I don't recognize the source, I will often like, oh, I'm going to look at it on Snopes, especially if it seems kind of out there. Like, what? This can't be true. Then I'll just double check it. If it's something that I give a shit about. Sometimes I roll my eyes. I'm like, I don't care one way or the other if this is true or not. Whatevs. But I'm trying to be more conscious as a consumer of media and stories. And it's important, not just on a daily to, to see, like, what's going on in your life, but, and you know, if it's snowing, is there school closures? It's not, it's not just sure. once in a while. We've kind of got it now to do it and check our sources all the time because of COVID, because of mm -hmm. oh, the 45. administration that we're in. <laughs> and half the time, there's, not going to lie, there's been a couple times where I'm like, he didn't really say, oh yeah, he did. The whole, the whole bleach disinfectant Let's let's try to do some research and see where that I leads had to us. Look that um, up yeah, to make sure he said it. Yeah, so checking and verifying is super important. And you mentioned Snopes, and a hundred percent we do we do Snopes in this house to make sure. And of course, that's even tricky because you have to trust Snopes. We don't know how spot on that is. Like we have to put our faith in this right site that says that it's doing what it's doing. Just like mm -hmm. we put our faith exactly. in the New York Times that, that they're doing what they're doing. They're, they're writing on the news. But who knows? Like, you're still putting your faith in someone else to give you information. Right. And if, I mean, and even with that, I think we know humans come with bias. So even the person writing the article comes with their own bias. They come with their own life experience, what their own story has taught them. They're bringing that with them. So there's a spin on everything. There are facts, and then there's a spin, even within an article that comes from a reputable sp source. That, is, that dog back there is not a reputable source. It's what? Oh, the BBC. That's not the BBC who's at the door. Um, but... Wow, the BBC goes to your house? <laughs> yes. Hello. We're here to deliver crime stories straight to your door. <laughs> no, the executive producer was saying, like, in, in terms of things that you can trust, um, the BBC, because they are not from the U.S., and, and if they write mm. something that's from the U.S., like, what, what do they have to gain? They really don't. Right. They're writing about the... Different perspective. The, the mm -hmm. colonies that got away, right? So it's not like they care, mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. uh, yes, there's so many places to get news, though. Even in that, there's... And it depends who you follow on social media to see what links pop up or what you've looked at before because then there's all this history and spying that is able to be done. And you can be on Facebook, you can be on Instagram, you can be on Twitter. And then now there's all kinds of other shit that I don't even know how to use. There's Marco Polo and TikTok and uh, all the things. So it's hard to know sometimes what is what is really going down. And I think this is the part where that gets really terrifying is that, yes, there are reputable and non-reputable sources. And if people are not used to having to seek out something reputable or double check something that sounds a little too one way or the other, okay, that's one thing. But then there is a blatant disregard for information. For example, my son comes in the other day and he's like, hey, did you guys see this video? There's these two doctors and they're talking about all this covid stuff and basically going against everything that every other medical professional is saying but this video is getting a shitload of traction right so okay there's a video with people who are dressed in scrubs talking about the opposite of everything else and all of a sudden everybody's ready to buy into it so there's even just this complete ignoring of science of 
50 million people saying one thing one way and still like, nope, the world is flat. Like there's that anti-intellectualism. There's this, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, so it's not even just the ignorance is bliss. There's also just a straight up, I'm going to ignore that and go with the other thing that suits me better for whatever reason. Yes, finding the stuff that just goes along with their beliefs. The world is flat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a source that says it. Even if Snopes says it's wrong, Snopes is wrong. Yep. Or NPR yeah, exactly. is wrong. Or BBC is wrong. Because they're owned by this guy who was married to a brown person who once ate sugar. And yeah, like that you will justify your own thought. It's pretty terrifying. And with information overload, sometimes there's only so much that you can possibly take. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that too. Even if you want to look up things, it, it just becomes it becomes intense. It becomes you become overwhelmed and all you want to do is ask the Google to find you the video of the kittens and the, the goat yoga. Because you're just right. done. You're done with all the extra stuff. Yeah. I mean sometimes you need to know how many calories are in an entire bottle of Prosecco for your own just mental health. Right. No, I hear you. That's and then you need to Snopes it to make sure that that's correct because you just want to make sure that, you know. I don't know if Lamarck is trying to make me chubby. I don't know. COVID-19 pounds. Hey, you know, you are listening to the Pocha podcast and you can Snopes that shit. We are real. We are from the borderlands and we're happy that you have joined us tonight. I'm Kat. And all of our followers are real too on all of our social media. All three of them. Right? No shit, huh? <laughs> Yes, your cat. I'm Charlene. This and is the Pocha Podcast. We're so incredibly happy that you have joined us again for this May edición, episodio número 14. And our que hay de nuevo this time around <gasps> is a new show. Yeah, seriously, it's a that's what you should be ex super excited to to go and if you haven't already started watching it, go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called On My Block. On my block. It is so remarkably good. So spoiler alerts. If anybody has not watched uh, all of the episodes of On My Block, you might want to skip this. Kat, I know you haven't watched them all, so I'm going to try to not spoiler your remaining episodes. But On My Block, yes, it's on Netflix. Uh, it, so the first season actually came out in 2018. I didn't hear about it at all. Um, season two came out in 2019. I only heard about it this year when season three came out and I binged every single episode. It was so compelling to me. Some parts were just reminiscent of a lot of pieces of my childhood. Um, others were just very kind of a romanticizing of adolescence for me. And I loved that. And it's gente, right? It's people of color. It's very representative of um, some real things that go down for, for POC. And I, I just absolutely loved it. There's a little bit about gang culture in there. For me, it was like Goonies meets Blood in, Blood out. Like That is how I can describe yes. the show. <laughs> That's pretty perfect. That's pretty spot on. I loved it. So how did you? You're the one that told me to start watching it. And then I finished the whole thing before you. I don't even know how I, it's, I think maybe someone told me, no, the, the executive producer has a better memory than me, first off. <laughs> and second, she, um, she helps me because she's got a better memory. She helps me remember the things that I always forget, which is just about everything except my name and which <laughs> shoe goes on what foot. Um, mm -hmm. so we, we, I guess we came across it on Netflix and I was super curious about it because I was like, okay, this is a younger show. Let's take a look. And we saw the trailer and it looked kind of amusing. So we started watching it and hooked, hooked. It was so good. So good. And it really is a, a version of, uh, like the Goonies meets, um, blood in blood out because of the avenues or the intersections that of these lives that these kids have like trying to mm -hmm. chase down like this treasure hunt that takes its own life of its own but they use it in order to help out someone who is getting caught up in the gang lifestyle and it, mm -hmm. it just a lot of it resonated with um the area that i'm from in el paso and it just a lot of it resonated with me yeah no i felt the same way and this show is set in a neighborhood in la 
um, a fictionalized are, neighborhood, oh, <laughs> but still. right, a fictionalized neighborhood. Um, the kids are there's four characters, well, five characters, I guess. Two of them are, are female, um, and I love the female character development in this show. Love, love, love. You know, the one thing that I really, really liked about one of the main ca- female characters is that she is not all sorts of makeup and high heels and princess and things mm-hmm. it that part resonated with me because I am definitely not makeup and princess and high heels I'm princess in other ways like my attitudes and emotions but that doesn't reveal itself <laughs> on the outside like that that's not a reflective I'm not princessa <laughs> <laughs> and um we did pause to 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 not finish the entirety of the show because we did want our girls to watch it with us mm, and when oh, they started watching idea. it with us they they liked the show because it's it's they're, they're it's their age the girls mm-hmm. are sophomores in high school the kids are like freshmen in high school mm-hmm. and they're um you know coming of age kind of stories and so it resonates with them as well um so it's kind of a good good show to watch with all of us there and awesome. and of course it has a lot of things like the abuela who speaks spanish um it's this one is a a spoiler alert she smokes pot and it's fucking hilarious (laughs) the way that she's trying to hide it from the family um the immigrant storylines with one of the family members from another character who's in a separate place from they are because of immigration issues um and just the way that they interact with each other it's just it's it really is an outstanding show it really is I love it. I love the representation. And you're right. There is one female character who is just not about the the makeup and whatnot. And then her nemesis, pretty much, is the direct opposite. She is all, every trend possible thrown onto her body. And she's she's kind of a bigger girl, especially compared to the other ones. And she's talking about her size all the time. She's loud. She's obnoxious. She's freaking annoying. And as the show goes on, you learn more about her. Mm-hmm. And it you just love her. You love what she's about. You you understand why she is the way she is. And then it's kind of like, well, Jasmine's just kind of crazy because. And that's so real for me. I think I, you know, how many people do we know in our life that we've met under one premise and thought something about yes. them that we later thought, what? That is not this person at all. Yes. Yeah. It. That's what I. That's why I loved Jasmine so much. And I love that she's got asthma and she's got to pull out her inhaler every so often. Like she. And I'm dancing. And I'm dancing it. <laughs> she has yep. to use the inhaler. Well, and she it's just so wants funny. to belong. She just wants to be one of them. And they are not having it because she is freaking annoying. And then you know, they learn her too. And and she won't give up. She's persistent and she loves herself. She has positive body image, and she talks about that specifically, which is hilarious to me. Uh, yeah, I just, I absolutely love the female characters. Also, they're they're mi- they're a mixed group, right? They're Latinx, and then some of them are at least part black, if not all the way black. And it's just, it's interesting how those storylines unfold too because of the different gang affiliations and where they're living. And it's just, uh, it's, it's such a good show. So one of the characters reminds me of you. There's, um, is it Jasmine? No, (laughs) (laughs) only when it comes to dancing. No, the, the one little, the one little, uh, guy, I shouldn't say little, I mean, he's a young adult, the Ruby, he is incredibly street smart. And then he's also incredibly book smart. And the way that they combine the two is just so outstanding. Like, he knows that on the streets it's not so cool to be the book smart, but it comes in handy, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of situations or getting friends out of situations. And that reminds me of you. It's like, on, you know, on the outside, like, the book smart hit, but you are really incredibly smart. And so I was like, oh, that must have been Charlene when she was, you know, young, oh young and in high school. I wish. I wish. Whatever. I think you were Ruby's smarty so pantaloons cool. in high school. Ruby's super cool. And he's always masturbating. I don't know what you're trying to imply. But <laughs> I was talking about the books. <laughs> I haven't come across that particular episode. 
but aren't they all at that age? Isn't everybody? How far just, did you get? Um, so we just got after the the quinceanera, the night of the quinceanera. <gasps> so you just finished season one. We just finished season one, and I told you. I think we just started episode happened, one of season of season two. How was that for you? How was the quinceanera? So you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, you inadvertently gave me a spoiler on it, but that's okay. I appreciated the heads up. And for those who are listening again, if you haven't seen it, this is going to be a spoiler. So there is a uh, gang violence that happens and there is a person in this, in, in the show who, who, who dies because of gang violence. And, um, before Columbine, before school shootings kind of became its own shitty and unfortunate mm. meme in the U.S., we did have gang violence in El Paso. And um, I remember in, in our particular high school, Austin High, we had drive-by shootings. And, you know, sometimes there were drive-by shootings mm. f- just to prove a point. Sometimes there were, you know, because no one got shot, right? So they were kind of just proving a point about who's whose block it was or what have you but it it was a reality for us and I was a freshman in high school when I saw my first drive-by shooting that wasn't at the high school it was at a house that was like a block away from me and um and I knew who the shooter was I grew up Mm -hmm. I grew up with who that was and the the people in the cars like I knew who they were it was one of those intersections of your identities that is like, well, holy shit, other people have gone through this too, and that is just, mm-hmm. it's so real. It's so, so real. It puts that into into perspective for you, I think, a little bit. How was it for, for you? Sure. It was freaking rough, man. I told you, I was in it for a little bit there, and I, uh, yeah, so the Ruby gets shot, right? Right. And he gets shot in the chest, and back back in the day so I was with the same person from the time I was 14 to the time I was 30 um I was a freshman in high school had no business being in a relationship ended up marrying him and there were some great things about that relationship and then there were mostly shitty things about that relationship and uh when we were teenagers when we were in high school he actually got shot um he was not gang affiliated but you know, also where we lived uh, in Las Cruces, there was some gang activity happening and, and some of his family was affiliated and, and then just, I mean, if you were out at the wrong time, people were affiliated. And so um, anyways, he ends up getting shot and it, it, it took me back to that moment and whole, I wasn't there when he got shot, but like at the ER immediately after and then he was there for several weeks and almost died and it was a whole thing. And holy shit, man, I did not think those feelings were there anymore. Or that was just a distant memory for me. And I was in my feelings for a little bit, just thinking about how crazy that part of my life was and, and his life. I mean, really it happened to him, you know, like such a crazy thing. And and I, I do think I had a little bit of, uh, as an old lady now, and, and that relationship is long done and, and I'm happy now and moved on, obviously. But I did think about that in a way that was like, what parts of him being shitty go back to that that was never processed? Because it wasn't like, oh, you might have PTSD. Let's put you in therapy. Fuck no. It was like, you're moving with your tia. And then like he got <laughs> shipped off somewhere. And, you know, that was it. He was just expected to be okay as he when he physically healed, he was just expected to be completely healed. And, and we know now what, I, knowing what I know now, that's not all the way fair. So, uh, it just made me think about a lot of shit that I wasn't prepared to think about before that happened. But did it help you process any of that? Um, I like think I know it, it was did. tough, but no, I think it did. Like I said, it, it made me try to maybe understand things from another side. Uh, I Like I said, that relationship ended badly, and I wasn't um, necessarily in the mode of... We didn't have kids together. We have no reason to talk. We have no reason to be associated. And so 
I can just sort of put that behind me and not think about it anymore. And this brought up a lot of like, well, you know, maybe obviously it wasn't all one-sided. Everything wasn't just, um, everybody has a story, right? Back to Jasmine. Everybody has a story. She is how she is because of what's happened to her. He is how he is because of what's happened to him. And it made me kind of, kind of sit in that for a minute. Um, I don't want to like go to fucking have coffee with them and shit. Tomorrow. Like I'm not saying all that. You already tried to pick all. them up at a bar. So God, let's... Damn it. I know, it, was bad. it was a long time ago. Why are you going to bring up old shit? It, the, it, that, what you were experiencing about that part of the show reminds me of um, this thing that you used to say, you don't know my life. And it's mm-hmm. true. We don't know all of the things that might be happening. And even sometimes when we do know, we don't know all of the things that you might be processing or digesting in that moment around it or in any given moment around it, right? But overall, the show is amusing. Like, I really, really want a a garden gnome that's a a gnome like a homie gnome. Dude, the whole gnome thing is hysteria. I I looked up on online to see to see if there was any gnomes that I could paint because I really, really want a gnome for <laughs> my yard. <laughs> you need a cholo gnome, though. Yes, that's what I totally... If they have a cholo gnome, but even if... They, if I would try to do some kind of, like, bandana on them or something just to give them a little flair. Did you, did you get to the stripper gnome yet? Yes. <laughs> Juanita. Oh, my God. Just the way that one of the characters keeps talking to the stripper gnome, like, where am I going to hide the pack? Where am I going to hide? Don't be looking at me like that. Don't tell me. And then he walks in and he changes it because the, the stripper gnome is like basically tele- telepathically telling him where to hide the money. <laughs> oh, my God. It. So good. It, it really is an amusing show. Um, I really hope that people have an opportunity to watch that. If you don't have Netflix already. Mm-hmm. Borrow your homie's password. Bar- yeah, borrow your homie's password. That's that's usually what happens. Mm-hmm. That's usually uh, how we do. Also, season four is slated to come out 2021. So Ooh, we should be getting to look forward to. Ah, season four. At least they're giving, uh, at least they're giving it another season. Unlike Vida, which is Ugh. kept off at at season three. But you know, maybe just like one day at a time, Vida might get picked up elsewhere. Oh, I don't know if it's a. I don't. So the last little article I read, Tanya Saracho was like, I had you for my own mental health and wellness and well-being as a human put these characters to rest. Okay. Like, she chose to end this storyline where it ended uh, for her own okay. peace of mind as the writer. And I respect the shit out of that. And to her power, as we've discussed before, she is a creative genius. And yes. in her power, she's not forcing the ending to meet a deadline, mm-hmm. a cap by a network. She's just saying, this is how these characters roll out of here. Because this is what's in my head and in my heart. And this is what you fuckers get. Like it or not, this is what you get. And this just, this just means that we get to have something else that Tanya gets to write that mm-hmm. is going to be an amazing, some, you know, something different. It might not be sisters. It might be, who knows? It might be a stripper story. I would watch that. I'm down for that. <laughs> Amen. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Honey has never been to a strip club. <laughs> we watched Hustlers last weekend, and I'm like, hey, so after this is all over, do you want to go to a strip club? She's like, no, but thank you. <laughs> cool, but no, I'm good. Cool, Thanks. but no. Unless Cardi B is going to be there, in which case. Yeah. Right? She does make an appearance in Hustlers. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Dude, that was a good ass movie. I'm not, I'm not keen on, uh, Jenny from the Block. I'm not like her biggest fan. You know how I feel about that. Whatever, she was good in that sh- in that movie. She was good in that movie. Also, she's fifty on a stripper pole. Like, Ugh. if I could be fifty, doing that shit, yes. Rewind to when I can't even run on the dish without (laughs) falling. (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) Well, at least you ran consecutively for two runs and didn't fall. So, like, 
Yes, I did. I this week I ran twice and did not fall. So I'm celebrating that little success. You need to have one of them posters like they do in a manufacturing place. It says like 15 I days since you. the last accident. You'd be like five runs. Oh, exactly. <laughs> five runs since the last accident. Oh, I got to say goodnight real quick. Okay, I'll give you the play-by-play. We see nobody because she's bent over saying goodnight to her daughter. Nobody. Still nobody. Nobody. But our executive producer is eating an egg roll. And you're dipping it in the sweet and sour sauce? Mmm. I'm a salty person, so the sweet and sour, I've never... That's never done anything for me. But I like soy sauce on, like, everything. Oh, my God, Chad, I want some of those dumplings. I know. And you don't ever have to apologize for saying goodnight to Special K. Uh, there was some enquerada with the blanket wrapped around her. I'm like, are you naked? She's all, no. And then she goes. <laughs> she flashed you? <laughs> yeah. Be proud of your body, honey. But you cannot do this after a certain age in any public places. Speaking of hustlers. Speaking of, right? Speaking of hustlers. <laughs> um, so there were some dumplings in, in Santa Fe that we had when we were up there. Oh, the last couple God. days that Charlene went up. We had just randomly picked out a place that was close by because we needed to come back to session. So we got some dumplings from, I don't even know what it's called, but they were, there was, they make them fresh there. And we sat there and waited for the lady in the back to like, boop, 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 make our dumplings. And they were the most exquisite thing. And I tried uh, to talk Charlene yeah. into driving four hours up to, to Santa Fe, curbside <laughs> pickup and driving four hours back. And we could get our work done in the car. She was not all, right. all about it, but. I mean, it was a semi good idea. Semi. It's something goat. Happy goat. Isn't it the Laughing happy goat? Lucky goat? Happy goat. Lucky goat. It's the lucky goat. Lucky goat. And it was right next that to. Was good. Really? That dog just moved the entire microphone. <laughs> We don't have any more Xanax for this dog, and they're popping fireworks. We started, we got the CBD for dogs, and you know what? It chilled the hell out of our dog. We tried the CBD with, with Biggie. Didn't work? No. This one worked. We got the oil. Like, it's a specific oil for dogs, uh, and we gave it to them. Dude. Can you take a picture of that and send it to me so that mm -hmm. I can place an order and they can come deliver? Please. It worked. Thank you. It was good. Anywho, let's uh, get back on topic before okay. the executive producer hits wrap me with up. something. Yeah, wrap it up. So on my blog, in one last question before we go, though. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the old one day at a time, the new one day at a time, Que Pasa USA, Vida, now on my blog. Oh, and also, shoot, what is the other one that was a – a whole season and honey didn't like it honey didn't like it yeah the guy who oh, was identified so we've talked about the old one day at a time the new one day at a time que pasa usa uh hentified vida and now on my block where does this sit for you in that kind of landscape of latinx shows oh it makes me so happy it makes me so happy. I think there's been some excellent character development. I think even though they're bringing in some of the stereotypical elements like gang life or the taco shop owner, there's, you know, the cleaning lady, like there's still some of that element, but there's depth to it. Like these characters are main characters. And so you get to know more about their life versus just seeing them pop in and out of a scene. Um, I think the female body types that are being showcased are diverse. I think that is a beautiful fucking thing. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that. Um, it makes me happy to know that my daughter has an actual range of shows to choose from where Latinx people, black people, 
are showcased versus the sidekick or the best friend on another popular show. So I, I'm absolutely loving the trend and where it, I hope it continues to grow for the future. Right on, right on. I think this is one of those starting points for, um, like Vida is definitely older. Hentified, they're an older set. So this is the coming of age for a, a group of kids that is is much well, I shouldn't say kids a coming of age for younger people that is that's right up their alley so that they don't have to watch I mean there is one day at a time and they have children in there but the focus is more on the mom and the grandmother and that like whole dynamic so this the focus is definitely on younger people and their coming of age story that's like a la Goonies which I think you know like our twins can watch and parallel what what they're going through with what these kids are going through and I think it's so freaking amazing to see that so freaking also though I think about being obsessed with watching the golden girls as a child this was not coming of age they were not adolescents (laughs) this had not a damn thing to do with my life they were in Florida with fucking wicker furniture I had never been to Florida I barely went to Florida like two years ago for the first time totally not anything that was in my life but there was this they they breached all these hardcore topics they talked about immigration they talked about lgbtq community they talked about abortion they had all these little segues into it so i think you know like is my daughter gonna watch old old reruns of one day at a time and that's like her old school comedy that she's gonna find some connection with i don't know it it makes me happy to think about I also like that they're nerds. They're kind of all nerdy in their own way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that that too makes me so very happy. I, I can definitely relate to the nerdiness that that they all have. Yeah, I love that. I love it. All right, so you are listening to the Pocha Podcast. I'm Charlene. And I'm Kat. This was Episodio 14, Episode 14. In May, Charlene, where can they find us if they want to catch up with our day-to-day shenanigans? We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also we have a website, and um, the actual podcast is available on all kinds of podcasty platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Whoever started listening in Missouri, hi. Yes, and thank you. We uh, oh, we we love to pay attention. Yeah, we love to pay attention. Give a shout out to the new folks who have jumped on. Um, so, and if you like what you're listening to, you can always rate us on iTunes and tell your friends. We've seen uh, a bump in some of the folks who have liked our page on Facebook. If you like the page and you like the podcast, we think that your friends will like it too. So, I think you <laughs> should do them a favor. And, or else you need new friends. And this could be a really great uh, Mother's Day gift for your mom. Like, hey, you should listen to this because they crack us up. I think they'll make you laugh too. And they and give a shout free. out for Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. For free. And Happy Mother's Day to our our respective moms. And all yeah, the- and if you didn't do something special for your mom, like, yeah, you missed it. You already passed American Mother's Day, Latino Mother's Day. You're going to have to make up your own mother's day swedish mother's day yeah so we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time